Welcome, Fivers, to another episode of High Five, the podcast, the movie podcast for people who like other stuff, too. On this week's episode, your hosts Q and Jay dive into some of their favorite movies and hopefully talk about some of your favorites, too. Feel free to yell at your speakers when we ignore your favorites, or you could just tweet at us with your choices, like an adult. Now, let's join Q and Jay in the writer's room as they dive in. Fair warning, this podcast may contain spoilers for movies that came out 20 years ago, but at this point, that's really your fault. Hey, everybody. This is the most magical episode that you've been waiting for. It's been teased on social media. It's been talked about in previous episodes, and it's here. It is the high five, dun, 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 Halloween special. Should we high-five? High-five! 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 High-five, son! Woo! High-five! Don't let me hang it. And as always, I am joined by my most wondrous co-host, Joey. Hello! Oh! He is a wolf man uh, right now. Nobody knows that, but he is a legitimate wolf man. That was my Bella Lugosi impression. It's offensive, what you just said. It is is very (laughs) offensive, actually. And Jay, we have something very special that people on social media have been waiting for in this episode. Mm-hmm. And that is mm-hmm. the announcement yeah. of a permanent, life-changing alteration to the High Five the Podcast show. And yeah. that, my friends, is by adding a brand new co-host. And that co-host is in the form of the wonderful and lovely Mia St. Clair. Yes. Welcome to High Five the Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. What a horrible life decision you have made to join us. Oh. I stand by. I still support well, myself in my decision. Good. I guarantee good. that the listeners will definitely stand by it. They will finally be happy that they can hear someone else's voice other than just Jay and I all the time. Oh, man. That, like, that's we're been tired the of hearing those guys. We're like, oh. We love the show, but shut up. I'm happy <laughs> We're to tired of hearing their little... opinions. We don't care anymore. Let's just be done with it. <laughs> uh, and now, not only is that a surprise, but it is not the only surprise. Oh, no, we no, We have no, no, no. a second surprise because when we do Halloween at High Five, we do Halloween big. Some mm-hmm. may say spectrally big i don't know i was trying to find a joke there and it didn't it didn't work jay save me it, what do we have um it's G- ghastly uh, it's a it's a g- ghastly ghoulishly yes. large ghoulishly, yes a perfect ghoulish surprise of monstrous proportions <laughs> perfect those were some of the the terms you were and, looking for and that is the fact that we are currently graced with the presence of Mr. John Gray himself, creator of the Ghost Whisperer television series. John, thank you so much for being on our show. All right, I'm happy to be here. This is great. Oh my God, we're so excited. This is- Halloween Halloween is my favorite time, it's my favorite holiday, my favorite time of year. I'm like a madman about Halloween, so this couldn't be better. I love that. You speak directly to our hearts by saying that, I assure you. I, um, I, I can't speak highly enough, John, that I, I love your sentiment. I love that you're a guest on the show because of this. Uh, my wife and I celebrate Halloween all month long. We do 
31 days of horror movies. So every day in the month of October, we watch a different horror movie leading up to Halloween. Like we're decorated our yard with like giant killer spiders. It's going to be a good year. 2020 may have sucked so far, but Halloween is going to kick ass. This is going to be, this is, well, Halloween and 2021, those are going to be killer years. I feel it. (laughs) Yeah. I feel it. Uh, so, John, we have decided in our uh, High Five Halloween special to do a, a, a top five list that speaks to something you know a little bit about, and that is ghosts. So we have decided to do a top five ghost movies list for this episode. Now, if I can ask, as someone who created an entire series around ghosts, what is your interest in ghosts? What happened to you? We need, you know, to, know. We need to know. I, I, I just have always loved horror since I was a little kid. <clears throat> there was a big uh, movie theater. I grew up in Brooklyn. And there was a big movie theater called the Fortway. And, you know, I grew up in, like in the 70s. And, and movie theaters were really falling on hard times then. So it was like a former movie palace. You know, it, it still had all the old plaster and the gargoyles, and, but uh-huh. it was really run down and crappy. And I used to go as a kid, they would have a horror double feature every Saturday. And I would beg my mother for the money. And you know, if I didn't get it, I would steal it. I would go to see that, that horror <laughs> bill. And the movie theater is long gone now, of course, like so many movie theaters, but I just have so many great memories. And sometimes I went with my friends, it was great. But none of them were as devoted as I was to horror. So I was going alone with friends, didn't matter. I'm, you know, I'm there. And I always remember in this movie theater, they had this kind of iridescent, this sort of like a glow-in-the-dark clock up on one of the side walls with almost like military-style numbers and they glowed in green. And when I got, things got too scary for me on the screen, I would just kind of blurt my eyes over and stare at that clock until I had a sense that well, you know, the carnage was ending and I was safe. <laughs> and the amazing thing was like, you know, how many years later, 40 years later, whatever, I was at a film festival um, in upstate New York and in one of the theaters, there was that same clock. Oh, believe it. The exact same clock. There's like a million pictures of it. What? You know. yeah, you, you know, so, so you, tell, you have to tell me, you went back to that theater, you have that clock and it's in your house, right? I wish, I wish. Don't think I didn't ask. But, uh, I All right. Well, that's our goal for the High Five Christmas special. We're going to hunt down this clock and we're going to gift you that to you. Yeah. <laughs> it would be a fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's wild. Now, I have to ask uh, the experience of, uh, and I, I don't think I'm the only one here in the group that's seen the show. I may be the only one who has watched the show multiple times through uh but uh what was the experience like getting your show from a creation to the screen to what we saw on the screen and ultimately through the run and story of the show as a fan is it in totality the story that you had hoped to tell or started out to tell or did it change kind of significantly through that process well, I can say that when we started out, and first of all, about, you know, just going back to horror for a second, because, you know, I, I love horror, but, but to answer your question about ghosts, sure. specifically, um, what's always attracted me to that idea is the sense that, you know, um, on the more poignant side of things, you know, you, a ghost is someone you love, a ghost who's trying to tell you something, or 
or someone you're trying to get information from, um, you know, closure and all those kinds of emotional things that tie into ghosts as well. And I've always been very interested in that. And then when I, when I stumbled on Ghost Whisperer, uh, and the way I, I got that show was that at that time, and this was like in 2005, I think, uh, I had been making many, many movies for TV for CBS, kind of like sure. big high profile, you know, big movies for them. And one of the executives said to me, you know, we had this woman, uh, we flew her in from Ohio to clear a ghost out of one of our executives' houses. And, you know, totally straight face, you know. And she said, I think you should meet her because she's really interesting and maybe there's a show there. Yeah, I don't know. And so I happened to be in LA at the time and Marianne, her name was Marianne, and she was still there in LA. So I went to meet her at a Starbucks and I, I met her, I knew her husband was going to be there as well. And so I walk into the Starbucks and I'm looking around and I'm like, okay, so I'm expecting to see somebody with a, you know, caftan, you know, some sort of sure. you know, crazy looking. But instead, I finally settled on this table where there was this very, very kind of, you know, large woman, um, just salt of the earth, and sitting next to this guy, clearly an ex-Marine. The first hint was the big Marine tattoo. <laughs> and a brush cut. You know, yeah. Give it away. Uh... And I thought, this, this can't be, like, what? This is the ghost <laughs> temple? Yeah. So I sat down with him, and Marianne was just the, the most wonderful, down-to-earth, real person. And, you know, she just said to me, yeah, this is my gift. I see, I see ghosts who have not crossed over. If you've crossed over, I can't sure. see you. If you're still here, I see you. And I was kind of, so they're just all around all the time. She said, oh, yeah. I said, how about right now in this Starbucks? Oh, there's five here right now. Okay. Five ghosts in this That had been yeah. my question, yeah. too. And yep. then she, she started pointing out that, that I'm pretty sure this older woman here is probably her son. Uh, he looks very upset. He's trying to get her attention. And this is a young woman. And she, got, she went through the history of all these ghosts. You know? Whoa. And, um, uh, and that, that scene ended up in the pilot. I, I actually wrote that in the pilot. Very, very I was about cool. to say, I was like, that sounds eerily familiar. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I, I went away from that meeting thinking, wow, this could be really, this could be great. This could be a chance for me to meld my love of horror and particularly gothic horror, you know, old sure, fashioned yeah. scares. You're not so much like slasher, but, and to meld that with emotionally driven characters and, and, you know, emotional drama. So I, you know, I called CBS back. I said, yeah, I'd, I'd love to take a crack at this. And, and so, um, uh, I had these two producing partners, Kim Moses and Ian Sanders, who were awesome, wonderful people. And, uh, uh, you know, they hired me to write the pilot. And I thought, well, I've never written, because oh, I'd only done movies at that point. So I'd, I'd never done sure. television, never done a pilot. I thought, well, this will be fun. It'll go nowhere, but you know, I'll make some money. It'll be fun. <laughs> so I, you know, I wrote the pilot. And then the next thing I know, I said, well, we're going to go ahead and shoot the pilot. Would you direct the pilot? Yes, I will. Okay, I've never directed a pilot. You know, this will come to nothing, but we'll see. So I, I made the pilot. We had a blast. We just a fantastic time making this pilot. And um, then we just kind of, you know, sat and waited. And the next thing you know, we get a call saying, well, we're going to do, we're going to do 13 episodes. And if we like those, we'll do nine more. Awesome. Said, okay. Now the panic set in. Now it's like, I've do How do I keep this going? <laughs> right. Yeah. I can do this 13 times, maybe 22 times. What? <laughs> right. <laughs> I didn't say that. I got 22 ghosts. Yeah. This is a lark. I didn't mean, yeah. Uh, and that's how it began, you know, and, and it, you know, sort of caught on and, and, um, you know, became a you know, successful show and we had a great time making it, made it a, a universal backlot. And uh, it was a great family of people on that show, uh, you know, very consistent. And uh, you know, it was just, it was great. 
I I will say uh, as a fan too, it it spoke to me and it helped me because I too tend to shy away from it horror that is too intense. Uh, Jay, on the other hand, uh, is like a horror hound. The scarier and the grittier and grimier, the better. Uh, Mia, where do you fall on the horror spectrum? I am the no horror spectrum. Oh, got it. Okay, perfect. <laughs> I am the no horror. Anti horror, which honestly is probably you're on the wrong show. <laughs> <laughs> John, she's probably she's probably bringing our average down to the national median. Like it's probably very good that we have someone who doesn't just gush over it the whole time. Yeah, on the yeah. true. <laughs> oh but, my goodness! But the show struck a beautiful tone, and I, I think it was perfect in kind of what you said that uh, it had that horror and that scary kind of gothic feel. But at the same time, you had it coupled with these very like emotional character driven right. kind of performances and stories. Yeah. Um, and I loved that, that for me, that's the most interesting kind of horror is the story driven and the character driven. Um, yeah. And uh, one thing that I'm dying to know is in your meeting with Marianne to the, the directing and shooting of the pilot, where did Jennifer Love Hewitt come from? Was that was that a, a studio suggestion? Was Good that question. a you? Yeah, it was a it was a studio suggestion. You know, originally we uh, I guess I you know looked at the part of someone older. You know, I thought it'd be interesting to, to join someone who's already in their life and having their life and already you know in, in, in doing this. And we were looking at people like Lucy Liu and and you know people in oh, that. Nice in that range <clears throat> and um you know we got a lot of passes uh people weren't available they didn't want to do horror um and you know a lot of actors and and rightly so as it turns out you know are really terrified of doing broadcast network television because it's, you know, it's 22 episodes sometimes yeah. 24 episodes you know you carry every show there's very little time off long long hours it's brutal you do that for five years and you're, you're dead so <laughs> you know, a lot of actors just don't want to do it today it's all very different because now with streaming, you, you can do a show in eight episodes or ten episodes. Right. Or sure. And now you can you can land these giant actors because oh great, that, I'll, I'll do that. You know? Yeah. But at any rate, um, uh, Jennifer Jennifer's name had come up; it had been floated earlier um, at at one point, and we loved that idea. We knew it meant going in a different way, going younger. I think she was like twenty six at the time. Sure. Uh, but she at first wasn't available. Um, she had a, a, some other show. There was a commitment. There was something. And so we kept looking and we kept testing actresses all over town to try to get the right you know, quality. And then we got a call from CBS saying, hey, guess what? You know, that, that project just fell out that Jennifer was doing. And you want to talk about this. And so that's how we brought her in. She was lovely. She was fantastic. She was excited about it. She would love the character, you know, love the whole idea of the show. Sure. And then we just sort of reworked the whole concept now. Now this is somebody just starting out in their life, just getting right. married. Yeah. And, and yeah. You know, with, with this gift or curse. Yeah, yeah, I uh, I'll, I'll I'll be completely transparent. It was the Jennifer Love Hewitt aspect that brought me to the show initially, as I had a crush on her at the time. It's like, oh, well, she did that little stint on Boy Meets World as the guest as the guest star. Great horror episode of that show. Oh, she's in another horror thing. It's like a ghost based thing. All right, I'll give it a shot. So yeah, I, I was in I was in because of the casting. Although, John, I'll tell you, as you were talking initially. In my head, I was thinking, well, this could go a couple of ways. One, 
in the nowadays era, that's a reality show. That woman you met at the Starbucks, you just follow her around with the camera. It's like Dog the Bounty Ghost Whisperer. Yeah. You gotta love it. The other, <laughs> the other is you do a more accurate to who you met version and have like a Margot Martindale in there. I would watch right. her ghost hunting. Right. I would love watching her ghost hunt around. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, so that's I, exactly there's right. a, yeah, there's a lot of in this concept. I love it. Yeah, yeah. So exactly I have to ask two. I have so many questions. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> one of the I things that I'm curious you. about. Jay and I have talked many, many times on this show about uh, kind of, uh, what do they call it? Uh, thinking that is along the same line. So you end up with two movies that are very similar. You end up with a Armageddon and a Deep Impact, for example. Yeah. Um, and I have a question because your show launched the same year as Medium launched. Yeah. Yes. Did you guys have like a high school rivalry style like hate for each other? Were <laughs> you like, oh yeah, well I'll see your ghost show and I'll raise you my ghost show, and I'm also gonna TP your house. Right. <laughs> you know, we really ignored each other, you know, honestly. But the funny thing was that um, I think it was at the point at which I had completed the pilot, and we were just waiting now for CBS to tell us yes or no. And I got a call from a friend of mine, and, and he knew about the show I was doing. And he went, hey, man, I, I see, I thought your show was on CBS. I just saw a promo on, on NBC for it. I said, no, 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 <laughs> you're on CBS. <laughs> no, I just saw it. There was a woman in bed with her husband, and, and her bed was surrounded by ghosts. I, I, I saw this. You couldn't have. I did. So, <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I tune in NBC now like an idiot, and I stare at it for like an hour and a half until I see that <laughs> promo. And I'm like, I'm just shocked. I just felt like it was, it, this is our show. I can't, I didn't know anything yet. It was, it was, it was police procedural and all that kind of thing. I just sure. saw a man and a woman about the same age, you know, and go. Sure. And I called the, uh, my producers and then, you know, they, they weren't aware of it either. And then we called the, oh, the no. network and they said, oh yeah, yeah, we know about that show. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's not going to last. <laughs> well, both, oh, both well, shows ended up said, going Don't on worry to... about it since I've had seven heart attacks. Right. <laughs> I won't. We're going to need Jennifer Love Hewitt to come talk to me because I am officially dead now. Uh, well, I love it. I, I love the show. Like I said, I, I was a big fan. Um, have you kind of dipped your toe back into the horror realm post Ghost Whisper? Or is that something that's on your radar to do? Very much so. You know, in fact, I, I had a. Um... I had written a script called The Desecrated, uh, which is a, a horror feature that we're still trying to raise money for. Uh, and I made a, um, a seven minute proof of concept short, uh, basically like a sample scene from the movie. Uh, try to give producers and financiers a sense of you know, how scary it could be, that kind of thing. And um, uh, you know, the, the short came out really well. And in fact, we got such good feedback from it, we decided to just start putting it into film festivals. And um, oh, nice. it started doing really, you know, really well, won awards. And, you know. So that really actually got me kind of on this short film kick, which I've been on ever since. Sure. And I try to make a short film at least every year, and two if I can manage it. And I just made a, horror, a little horror short called Household D. Um, uh, we just finished in July. And that's now on the, on the festival circuit as well. And so, and we're still trying to get the desecrated made as a feature. So I'm still, you know, keenly interested in, in that genre 
Um, and you know, I will get this movie made sooner or later. I love it. That's well, exciting. I'll tell, I'll tell you this: if you need three podcasters for your movie at any point, you just <laughs> right. you just let us know. We're really good at playing ourselves. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> um, that's that sounds awesome. Um, so, do you personally have any? You know, that's that's a good segue. Do you personally have any horror or weird ghosty anecdotes uh, that have maybe happened to you in your own life? Are you like, nah, ghosts are not real. Definitively, they do not exist. <laughs> I, I definitely believe in ghosts. And, and I, you know, I don't really theorize about how there are ghosts or why there sure. are ghosts. Because I don't think we'll ever know. Sure. But I personally believe in them. And, and I, you know, I've had some experiences um, but the interesting one, I think the most, and the most germane to the show is that uh, my, my wife and I had bought a house in Nyack just before we started Ghost Whisperer. Um, in fact, I think we moved in that same, we did, we moved in the same year. And so, uh, you know, I'd always lived in New York, but I work in LA constantly. And so I was doing the pilot in LA and um, we were shooting in the town, in the city of Orange, which is a little bit outside of LA proper. Sure. And um, my wife was at home. She was going to join me, but wasn't going to come for another week or two. And so she calls me one night, and I'm in my hotel room, middle of the night, like, whoa, whoa. And she was telling me that um, the doorbell wouldn't stop ringing, you know, at our house. Huh. And I thought, all right, so, you know, it's just, it's a weird thing. And, you know, it's a new house, who knows? And she said, no, 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 no. I cut the cord from the doorbell. And it's still <laughs> will not stop oh i see uh and then there were the footsteps oh, up and down the stairs and there you know, she said like when she lied in our bedroom which is right below our attic she could hear what sounded like furniture being moved back across back and forth no, across. thank you yeah and no, course, thank you our attic you know there's you this it's about this wide our attic you know you can't sure uh, <laughs> yeah, um it, it's so, like and, a, it's like a john malkovich like level like floor you can't really right. do much in there right. exactly. <laughs> exactly and so um you know footsteps again uh, you know all coming up and down the stairs somebody up in the attic and then um in the uh, basement we had a laundry machines in the basement and um really creepy things happened there the laundry machine she'd find them in a slightly different place every time she came down you know giant heavy machines and then what tore it one night was that Everything went off at once. The doorbell, the cut doorbell, uh, smoke alarms, CO2 alarms, burglar alarm that we didn't even know was hooked up. Uh, and in the basement, the boiler started shaking like off its foundations, like rocking. What? And that's when you no, moved, that, right? Yep. She got you immediately. She went to a hotel. Yeah. She went to a hotel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See? That's so and, uh, smart. I love that in real life she did that. No, okay. I have to. I have to ask John because you've written the ghost. You know, you've written ghost stories and you've written these characters. And there's always in those stories the guy who was like, "Oh no, it's everything's fine." Like I'll look into it. It's the wiring. Were you ever at the at this during this uh, situation? That guy where you're like, "Oh yeah, no, everything's totally fine," or were you like, "No, it's ghosts"? Because that would that's what I would do immediately. I'd be like, "Oh, it's ghosts." <laughs> when I started with the doorbell, you know, I, I just thought, okay, it's, it's a new house. I mean, it's not a new house, but it's a new house for us. Right. So who knows what's, what it's all about. And when she said she cut the cord, 
I thought, okay, yeah. all, right, all right, so maybe there's a battery backup somewhere. <laughs> and then the other stuff started happening. And then I remembered before I left for LA, um, and you know, we're, we're just getting settled in the house. And I, I had my daughter then was about maybe six or seven, I think. And I was making her breakfast, and she had these little cardboard um, puzzle pieces that she like she liked to play with. And on one side was a design that you fit into this puzzle. Right. The other side was just blank cardboard. So I was clearing her, her breakfast dishes away and she was playing with the puzzle and it just kind of sat back like she was finished and all the, you know, the colored pieces were up and everything. I go to the sink, I put a thing in the sink, a plate in the sink, I go back to the table and now all the pieces are upside down with the, with the blank cardboards facing up. And these are all separate pieces. She couldn't possibly have turned over each and every one. What? While I was at the sink. You know, it just, it couldn't have happened. And so I kind of looked at it and I thought, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> nope. And the next thing I know, you know, my wife's calling me with this panicky call. So what happened was that my wife came out to be with me in LA while we, we you know, did the movie. Then we came back to New York and I, I had been talking to Marianne about it. And she said, look, if it gets bad, you want me to come, I'll come. <laughs> so you know, we go back to the house and, you know, the footsteps are still there, the noise in the attic. And when I went down to the basement, it was just evil down there, man. It was just like Ugh. cold and it just smelled like sulfur. It was just, so Marianne, you know, God bless her. She we put her on a plane. She flew out in New York, came up to Nyack. And um, she discovered there were, uh, there was a mother and son living in the house. They didn't like us. They liked the people who lived there before us better. They'd like <laughs> us to live, you know. And uh, they'd like us to have the other people back. Sure. And, you know, she, she, she sort of found out, you know, a little bit about them, who they were, and just kind of, but ultimately she, in her own words, you know, she got them to leave. She was able to show, open up a light for them that they could leave. And she convinced them, they didn't want to go. Whatever she does, she convinced them to leave. And when she said they're gone, we went back down to the basement and it was like a whole different place. It was light. Wow. It was, you know, the whole, the weight of it all was just gone. And we never had a problem uh, after that. That's so insane. For, I also, it, the, uh, the thread that was to me is when you went on Zillow and all the reviews were like, these owners are terrible from user, <laughs> definitely not a ghost. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Mia, uh, I need to hear a ghost story from Mia. Yes, please. Okay, so as I elbow myself, um, I, don't really have any. I had a, a partial scare, no, actually not too long ago, and it it was not a, a there was a science to it for sure because I tested it. But I came back home from a trip, and I went to bed. And I've always had trouble sleeping. I'm a very paranoid person. I also have really good hearing. None of it works in my favor, which is why I don't watch scary movies because then everything is heightened and we're just. It's, I say, I, not a good time for me. Sense now. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I went to bed. I was having trouble sleeping. I was having trouble sleeping. And at one point, I was just like, okay, I'm just going to wake up. But I turned over and I looked up and my fan was spinning. And I was like, I didn't turn on the fan before I went to bed. Why is <laughs> <laughs> the fan spinning? Turned out because I, ha I have a, I run hot when I'm in sure. bed. so I'm constantly sweating so I have two I have a ceiling fan I have a side fan I had 
slept in such a way that the current from the side fan had blown up and was hitting the ceiling oh. fan to move. And I had tested it later. <laughs> later, because I was not testing it right at that point. I just got up out of my room and I was like, Oh, I didn't want an explanation. I wanted it to be ghosts. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm gonna be honest, Mia. It sounds to me like you tried to make that scientific explanation work, and my personal, professional opinion, it was definitely ghosts. (laughs) So I hate. I hate to break it to you, ghosts. Uh, Jay. Jay, do you have any any personal spooky anecdotes you'd like to share? I do. Both both Amanda and I are both big uh, ghost people, I believe in. I'm, I'm John, I'm very similar to you. Is I believe that there is something whether, you know, they exist as ghosts as we think of them or or whatever. I don't know what they are, but I know something like ghosts exist. Um and, and whether that's, you know, embodiment of past personalities or spirits or whatever it is. Um I remember the story that I have personally is that I was very young. I was like 13 or 14. And I had gone to spend the night at my friend's house. And this is before I knew any of the, like, the stories about my friend's house. Turns out there were a lot of haunted-esque things that happened to this house that I was not privy to. Because apparently they didn't tell their friends that before they had sleepovers because friends didn't like to stay. Um, so, uh, so I found all this out later. But I came down in the middle of the night uh, while sleeping at this friend's house for some milk or a bathroom break or whatever. And I looked out back at their pool area and there was just an old shiny, like sepia toned man standing there with like a fedora hat and a vest. And I could kind of hazily see him in the backyard, just like smoking a pipe. And he kind of raised the pipe at me. And and I just was convinced it was a dream, convinced I was crazy, whatever. Went to bed, came back down the next morning. Yeah, I was like, there's no way this happened. And then the next morning, when we were eating breakfast, my friend was like, hey, anything weird happened to you last night? And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, a lot of people think this house is haunted. Did you see anything weird last night? And I was like, you know what? <laughs> Come to mention it. There, I came down last night around whatever time, and there was a man standing in your backyard. And right then, his older sister walked in, and I had not told this to anybody. And she's like, oh, was he in that back corner smoking a pipe, wearing a fedora and an old, like an ornate looking vest? And I was like, no. fuck you, yeah. That's exactly, that's exactly what he looked like. He's like, yeah, I see him like every month. And I was like, I don't like any of this. Uh, what is happening? And it was like, it was the weirdest sequence of events because I had not told anybody that it had happened and had definitely not told my friend what he was wearing. And so for the sister who didn't really like me at the time, to be like, oh yeah, I remember your nightmare. Just really freaky. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes! Turns out it was actually just her boyfriend. Right. He sta- he, that's his. That's his pipe sp- smoking spot in the yard. She's like, that's once how a month, he- I let him come and smoke his pipe in the yard to freak out my that's- little brother's friends. <laughs> I was gonna say that's how he gets away. <clears throat> was sneaking into her bedroom is he just paints himself in sepia tones? like a ghost and when they yeah and when he gets caught he's like no i'm a ghost i'm not making out with your daughter Woo! and he like backs out of the room totally not a real person right why is my daughter's mouth around the cover in sepia paint Woo! yes does that mean that you have a story 
Oh my God. Do I have a story? I have like, uh, I have like uh, archives of stories. John, you could make a sequel series about my life called the ghost warrior. I have so many stories. Uh, so my family believes in this thing called, well, Ghosts. they've always called it ever since I was a little kid. They've called ghost lanterns. And the idea is that certain people are like lanterns to the spirit world. And so ghosts are like attracted to them. They, they see, can see their light and they come to it. So I've been told very this ever since. Very Very. So I've been told this ever I like since it. I was a little kid. And my dad grew up in upstate New York. He grew up in Sleepy Hollow, to be exact. Um, and his, his, uh, his family bought an old mortuary um, and turned it into their house. I'm not making this up. This is all 100% true. And he, as a kid, he was a teenager when they moved in, and there was a coffin left, obviously not a used coffin. And he, he convinced his parents to let him drag it into his bedroom, and he used to sleep in it at night because he was like a weird goth kid at the time, and he'd like to freak his friends out. So anyway, he had a whole plethora of things happen to him, and I heard about them all growing up, and it used to scare the bejesus out of me. <laughs> Fast forward to me uh, being a parent, probably one of my, my scariest encounters. Uh, I have, who is now a 13-year-old daughter, uh, when she was yeah. a baby, uh, my wife at the time and I were living in an apartment uh, or in a townhouse, and we had... Uh, it was a two-bedroom townhouse. My daughter had her nursery, uh, and then we had our bedroom, and there was a conjoining bathroom that ran in between the two. And one night we were sleeping, and my daughter was probably about probably about 10 or 11 months old, um, and she was in a uh, crib, but it was transitioning into like a, a, a bed. Um, and so she was, she was asleep. We were asleep. Um, about three o'clock in the morning, I wake to like the worst thing that a parent wants to hear, which is my child screaming, yep. like at the top of her lungs, like not a, not a, not a upset scream, but like a hurt scream. Um, yeah. and so I just jump out of bed and I am like panicking and I'm like, what's going on? And I run through the bathroom into her bedroom and I immediately run over to her crib area and it's empty. And I just hear screaming. I can still hear it as if she's like in my head. That's how loud the screaming is. And I'm panicking and I'm like, why is she not in her? And I'm, I'm yelling for, for my wife. And I was like, where, where's, where's, where's Gabby? Where's Gabby? And she comes running into the room and she's like, what do you mean? I can hear her. So we're both hearing my daughter screaming. Uh, we can't uh, uh. find her. So all of a sudden the scream sounds like it's moving, like it's, like it's traveling. It's no longer in the room. It's now downstairs. So we, are, we throw open my daughter's bedroom. We're running downstairs. The back door is ajar. And I'm like, oh my God, somebody has snuck into my house and stole my child. And so I throw open the back door and I'm running. Like I just take off running and I can hear her still. Nothing, nothing. Like I can find nothing. So I run back to the house and I'm, I'm, I'm like, I have the phone in hand. I'm going to call 911. Somebody has, has abducted my kid. 
And Danny was like, wait, 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 wait. It sounds like she's in her room again. And I was like, what? And so we go back up into her room and I like pause and my heart is going a million miles an hour. And I'm like listening, like, where is this sound coming from? And I get down on the floor and I look under her crib, which to be fair is probably about 45 pounds. And she is wedged under her crib. I have no idea. Obviously, she's a she's a, a child. She cannot lift this herself. There's no way she could have <laughs> squeezed under there. It is to this day one of the most terrifying experiences I've ever gone undergone in my entire life. I picked her up and we immediately had the house blessed the next day. Like legitimately, yeah. I was like, there is something going on in our house. So we had we had a sage burn. We had holy water put over the doorways. Like it legitimately, I was like something evil's in here. I never had a problem in that, in that house again, but that was by far the most terrifying supernatural experience that I've had. Does she have any memory of it? Uh, she doesn't, but what's weird is, so as she got older, she, <laughs> well, you won't think this is crazy because you had a friend who's a psychic. Uh, she, <laughs> as she grew up, she used to tell us about people that she would see in her room. Um, and she also seemed to have some sort of premonition or clairvoyant kind of thing. Um, and it lasted until she was about eight years old and then it seemed to kind of disappear, but we never like, we were never like, no, you don't. Those are imaginary friends. We always were like, okay, so tell us like, what did they say? What did they do? Yeah. So yeah. much. To, so to the point at, uh, at one time and not to just take up the whole podcast with stories, but she, uh, she a friend of ours uh, father passed away suddenly unexpectedly um and she had gone to spend time with that friend at her house and gabby walked out she was about six she walked outside on the patio while she was visiting and she started talking to this bird that had landed on the railing on the patio and started laughing and holly who was the woman who was watching her asked what she was doing and she was like oh i'm talking to your dad and he said that he loves you and she was like excuse me and she was like yeah he like like that was not strange like this bird is your dad like that's normal and holly called me in tears and she's like my dad was an avid bird watcher and your daughter just told me that a bird on my patio was my dad and that he loves me. She had no knowledge that he had passed away. So like there was a level to her, you know, seeing these things that I was like, okay, I mean, I guess this is just, this is a thing. And growing up my whole life, having been told that our family attracts these kind of things, it didn't really surprise me. And then, like I said, around eight or nine, it kind of faded out and she never really, had any stories to tell us past that yeah. uh but yeah so she there was something uh, with that child the shine. For sure. she lost she the shine that, that could be a total ghost episode no problem like i yeah, said if you ever exactly. want to make a sequel series ghost warrior talk to us. i will be happy to regale you with all of my stories for sure uh speaking of ghosts i got you 
yeah. <laughs> speaking of ghosts, I think this is a perfect segue into the list topic. This is where we make a list. The list. Three, two. List. So every episode, John, uh, we sit down, and Mia, since this is your first episode, I'll explain it to you too. Yeah. Every episode, we sit down, and we try to come up with a top five list. Hence the name of the show, High Five. This is our high five of whatever subject matter that we choose, whether it's you know top five Denzel Washington movies, top five Jennifer Love Hewitt movies, top five uh, you know ghost stories or monsters. Um, and for this particular episode, we have chosen the top five ghost movies. Now, one of the most important things that we discuss before revealing our lists is kind of the criteria that you would use when compiling your list in your head. So, you know, would a, would a Ghostbusters count as a ghost movie versus a movie like Poltergeist, for example, that is more centrally about a scary ghost or about a team of people hunting ghosts? And John, what would you consider to be a ghost movie in your mind? Well, first of all, I'll just say that the criteria for me is really simple, especially when it comes to what's the, you know, one of the best, you know, up there. It's just very simple. What has scared me the most? Oh, yeah. sure. <laughs> Sitting there in my seat, what has, like, terrified me? And that's it. That's, that's all the criteria I need, you know. Yeah. Um, I love it. Sweet and simple. That's it. There's plenty of them. <laughs> I love yeah, it. I mean, me or Joey, I was going to say, Mia, as the person who doesn't watch horror movies how do you approach a list <laughs> this is gonna be a very short list for mia uh, yeah. <laughs> especially if you you know if if in your definition of it and me i'm not saying you did this but if you define it in a way that you can't or didn't include like things like ghostbusters to use to use example like where how did you approach this I I'm, I'm interested as anything. someone who doesn't watch these it's like anything that has ghosts that I've watched. <laughs> That's gonna be You're like, which happened to be five movies, so it worked out perfectly. <laughs> I, yeah. it, it, I mean, now I'll alter it, but I'll have a top four instead of the top five. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's That's pretty awesome. I love it. Jay, what yeah. was your criteria in making your list? On Honestly, I'll, I'll open it up. For me, it was anything that had a central focus or a story that was around or about ghosts, whether that was a comedic movie or whether that was a horrific movie, whether that was, you know, whatever it was. It, pretty much the only thing I eliminated were TV shows because, you know, Haunting of Hill House, and I haven't watched The sure. Bly House yet, but like anything that's a film that centers around a ghost or stories about ghosts. Those were that was basically what I, I don't, what I stuck to. I, I totally agree with you, and I don't want to skirt over it, uh, but I will totally plug uh, both The Haunting of Hill House and The Haunting of Bly Manor. Both I have watched now, both completely individual stories um, that shouldn't be compared to each other, but I will recommend to all of you, very, very good. Solid, good. solid ghost stories. Uh, I mean, Hill House was amazing. Amazingly good. It was, and and Bly Manor is something totally different. It's like a uh, love story almost, a tragic love I, story. I, I, uh, I watched the first episode last night of, of Bly Manor, and I'm going you know, to watch another one tonight, but I, I was worried that it was a little slow. Yeah. It, it felt a bit plodding to me. That, it, you know, it is, and I will tell you this. It takes until about the third or fourth episode before it really starts to gain its footing. 
Um, but once it gets in there, it's definitely one that you're like, I want to see what happens next. I want to see what happens next kind of thing. For sure. At this point, I'll watch anything that Mike Flanagan makes. So I'm 100% in on this show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Talent, talented fella. Uh, so for me, my criteria was this. It was kind of a mix of all of the above. On my list, I had movies that scared the crap out of me. I have movies uh, that meant a lot to me. But mostly, it are the movies that impacted me the most, whether that be made me laugh hilariously and I think of them all the time, whether it be they terrified me so much that I wet my bed for three months in a row, (laughs) Um, you know, whatever it is. They're movies that impacted me. So my list is directly derivative of movies that had an impact on me. And so I say, Jay, you had a great idea uh, for the way to do lists a little, a little bit differently this time. Um, we'll kick it to each one of us and we'll each give our five through four, saving that number one for last. Five through twos. Oh, excuse me. You're right. It's five through twos. Five through four would be a very short list. Uh, Super short. <laughs> uh, everybody will give their five through, five through two and then uh, we will all reveal our number one. And in the very unlikely chance that we all share the same number one, we may have the most amazing Jinxies episode ever. <laughs> Where we had. all come back together and watch the movie together. <laughs> watch the movie. Um, what, what, if, what if someone's number three is somebody else's number one? Then they just have uh, to fight to the death. So, so what? Yeah. So what we do, John, uh, traditionally on the show is since the show is called High Five and not technically High Twenty, which we will have at the end of this, uh, we have to. And this is why I, I warned you: we kill our darlings on this show. We take all of our individual lists and we whittle them down to one master High Five list. So somebody, you know, if we share ones, then usually that one automatically makes the top list. Right. Uh, so, so we'll, we'll take a crack at it and see, yeah. and see what we got here. <laughs> uh, so John, as our guest of honor, I would love it if you would go first and grace us with your five through two choices. I would say, um, oh, so, so starting with the least, okay. Uh, I would probably say uh, uh, Insidious. Okay. Sure. Very good. Very good. scary. Modern, very, well very good modern horror. Yeah. Yeah. Um, those guys have a handle on, I think, what makes a good horror movie. You know, that those two, those two. Leo Wano for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next, I, I would probably go for the others. Oh, Nicole Kidman, mm. two thousand one. That was a great movie. Yeah, I just watched it again the other night. So it still well, holds up. So really well, as, a, as a fan of gothic horror, I can see that being really Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I, then I would probably, I probably have to go for, I have to go for the Vincent Price version of House on Haunted Hill. <laughs> I watched that two nights ago, John. Did you, did you? I love that movie. I watched it two nights ago. Me it too. is so good. It's a, it's a really, I, mean, I haven't seen it in many years. But when he comes you're... out with with he when he comes out with like those gears and things, right. and <laughs> uh, uh, it's just beautiful. I will say that the movie the movie is terrible, but the remake that came out in the two thousands with Jeffrey Rush, I will say that Jeffrey Rush was doing a great Vincent Price. <laughs> <laughs> it's way better than the Haunting remake they got made. Like the Haunting, a good movie, and the remake, which was, you know, yeah. Yeah, what it was. 
Ooh, that's a, this is a solid okay. list so far. I like this. Is this you're, still up to three now? I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're at two. So you have your number oh, two. I would probably have to go for the ring. Ooh. Ooh. Solid. Yeah. Now are we talking ring or ringu, like the Japanese Actually, version? It, it, could, it could alternate as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I felt sure. they, were both, they were both really good. Yeah. Whereas I thought Great. the Japanese grudge was far better than the American grudge. I have that I same exact to opinion. Totally agree. Yep. You're in good company here with those opinions. <laughs> I'll tell you that. <laughs> well, I love it. Uh, Mia. I love that. 100%. So, all right. So, guest of honor, John gave us his uh, five through two. Mia, as our brand new christened host on High Five the Podcast, would you mind gracing us with your very limited viewing of ghost <laughs> movies? <laughs> top, uh, top four. Okay. Um, bottom four. So, yes, bottom four. It would be, so if, I, if I'm going based off just ones that I've seen and then impacted stuff, it would be number five is The Sixth Sense. Mm, nice. Good um, Four would be Ghostbusters. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nice. Three yep. would be Ghost. Like the oh, Patrick nice. Swayze ghost? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Impact on her. She's, she's, that's why she took up pottery. Now we know. <laughs> That's the only then, way that I can make pots now. I have to have somebody standing over me and holding, gotta have holding it. my gotta hands have while it. I do it. Specifically, the Righteous Brothers playing. It's yeah. also the only way that I like to interact through my, or with my wife, through Whoop Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> As a medium. <laughs> <laughs> um, my, my number two is Sleepy Hollow. Oh, oh, nice. Mia, that's a pretty gruesome movie for you. I, I, did you watch I it by accident? Johnny Depp and Christina Ritchie in that movie. Okay, that's I, fair. That, that's what I was about, yeah. really. I yeah. love that. I, honestly, Mia, that is, you, you're like a, a pool, you pool sharked us on this. I was thinking you're going to come in with like, you know, some, I, I don't eat Casper. <laughs> <laughs> but you gave some really solid choices. You and John are really killing it so far with yeah. the list. Jay. Thank you. What do you have that okay. can add up to these? Okay, so uh, I, I jumped around a lot. My number five is just one that is a personal favorite. I love it. I, I watch it probably once a year, but it is Peter Jackson's The Frighteners. I love oh, sure. Michael J. Fox in that movie. I love um, Chai McBride in that movie. I think the whole premise of it, it mixes humor and the horror great. Um, so, a yeah, great that, Jake that Busey performance? Very creepy Jake Busey performance. For so, sure. Yeah. That the creepiest one, that of Jake Busey five. performances, maybe. <laughs> um, my number four went back and forth because I wanted a classic on there. Like, you know, John, I debated the, the Haunting of Hill House, which is very good. I debated, debated something like The Orphanage, which is one of my favorite Guillermo del Toro movies. But yes. what I landed on was The Changeling mm. um, with, uh, with a Scott. Man, The Changeling is so creepy. It's so good. It's one of those that's kind of like a classic. Uh, it, was, it was either going to be that or The Haunting, the original The Haunting. Yeah. Um, but The Changeling is so creepy. And it's one of those where when you find out the reveal and you realize what's been going on, it's just really impactful as well, which The Orphanage has going for it too. Which yeah. so I just love, I don't know. It has everything that I want out of a, a classic ghost story. Um, right. And then number three, getting up into the classics, is uh, number number three is Poltergeist. Mm. 
that that movie scared the living crap out of me as a kid the scene when he's picking at his face in the mirror oh god uh, the scene the skeletons in the pool which were actual human skeletons come on hollywood that's great and just top tier ghosts and the this house is clear i love it love it and your story always reminds Q, your story of Gabby always, whenever you tell it, reminds me of something that happened, like Poltergeist happens in that movie is, where is my kid's voice coming sure. from? I'm going to chase I, it around. I'll tell house. you this. I wish it was Zelda Rubenstein that came to my house to like burn sage <laughs> and bless my doorway. Don't we all? That would have been awesome. I would have <laughs> happily provided her a step stool to get on over the top of my doorway. <laughs> Perfect. Um, all right. So, and that leaves me with two, right? All right. Yep. So my number yep. two... My number two, I actually have in common uh, with one on Mia's list. My number two is Ghostbusters, for sheer Solid. rewatchability. I I love the Ghostbusters. I mean, Q, you and I talk about it all the time. I, it's just I can't not have a list about ghosts and have the Ghostbusters on there. I mean, it has scares. <laughs> I like that you like smoothly kind of leaned with the reveal. Yeah. <laughs> Librarian. Um, <laughs> But it's got like genuine scares. It's funny as all get out. It's, you know, one that we can watch year after year. Yeah, that's my number. That's I love number it. Two. I love it. Uh, and John, you're about to find out exactly why we needed to have a third host because Joey, our lists are just too similar, my man. Like <laughs> we're, we're, we're very too similar. Uh, so my number five is also the Frighteners. Uh it is a wonderful Peter Jackson movie. It has some killer special effects for the time. Some of them still hold up. The the like carpet and wall crawl, maybe not so much. But the the ghost, the 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 Chai McBride ghost uh, apparition that follows around Michael J. Fox still looks great for sure. Uh, very freaky, funny movie. My number five is Poltergeist. Uh-huh. Uh, because also that movie scared the crap out of me as a child. Uh, (laughs) Especially as a child that like spent 99% of my time in front of a tube television. (laughs) I was very concerned that I too would get beckoned to the other side. Uh, And I'm sure from time to time, my mom kind of hoped that I would, honestly. (laughs) Uh, She comes in, you're touching the TV. She's like, yes. She's like, go. uh what was the little girl's name carrie ann she she also would weirdly call me carrie ann i i couldn't (laughs) figure that out uh so my number three is the sixth sense uh we recently talked about that movie on an episode uh i just i love i love the layers that are built into that that film i think it's a very smartly done film um and i think it's a very interesting way to portray ghosts it was the first time that i had seen I, in memory ghosts that didn't know they were ghosts and didn't necessarily have to be like these ghoulish figures not that there weren't ghoulish figures in that movie but they were also just like normal looking people like still trying to go to yeah. work and ride their bike and go on the bus um yeah and i like that concept i like just like the doldrums of being a ghost <laughs> yeah <laughs> and m- my number two is Ghostbusters. <laughs> Yay! Uh, because no ghost list would be complete without literally having the movie that has ghost in the title. Um, and Mia, you also managed to nail that. Uh, 
twice on your list, uh, yeah. Ghost and Ghostbusters. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but Ghostbusters for me, it's it's an awesome movie. It's a lightning in a bottle comedy. I don't think you know they tried to do it again with Ghostbusters two, which I still very much enjoy, but it, it just it wasn't the same. Um, and who knows if they'll ever capture that magic again? Fingers crossed for uh, for the upcoming <laughs> Ghostbusters that releases now. I guess in twenty twenty one. I would love yeah. to see how that movie turns out. So this brings us to the most important of our lists our number one favorite ghost movie this is what will be engraved on our individual tombstones when we die it is what we will be remembered for john what is your number one top ghost movie my number one top ghost movie is the babadook oh my gosh great pull now I feel stupid Great because movie. I didn't put that movie on my list. <laughs> I don't have it on mine either, but it's so good. Oh, that movie was affecting, John. I'll, I'll give yeah. you that. Yeah. That scared the hell out of me. Oh, man, it, so good. Legitimately. It's so original. Just really original. And so great. original and such yeah. a, such a uh, small story. Um, yeah. But a really affecting story. And horrors on multiple levels. Well, that's why it works. That's one of the, why it's one of the best is it embodies what's best about the greatest horror movies like, you know, Rosemary's Baby or The Omen is it embodies and personifies a real fear or a real grief or a real, it embodies something horrific about life. And the, yes. the best horror movies work on that level. And that one, it just is like the best modern example of that. That and it follows are very similar in that regard. And also, when you know, when there's a, a strong emotional connection between the characters, yeah, you know, that that mother and son of the Babadook man, you know, you, if cool. you don't care about them, you don't care. You're not gonna. You're, you're lost on the movie. Yeah, yeah. And so that's why, to me, that, yeah. that movie was so brilliant because it was so their connection was so powerful yeah. and yeah. made the horror. Well, between I that and the orphanage, I, I, that and the others, and some that you mentioned, John, like I can tell that character driven is really, really important. To like how you view this so that's, that's we, awesome. may, we may be making room on our master list for that one even though it wasn't <laughs> on my list i may be willing to kill off one of my choices mia yes. hit us with your number one choice my number one choice was based solely off what of how long it terrified me it is not a okay. movie i enjoyed at all it's the one that had the most impact on my sleep <laughs> <laughs> and right. because i don't watch very many scary movies in general uh, it it ended up being paranormal activity. Oh, ooh. I I was forced to so sit good. down and watch that one because I was convinced it's not so bad. Yeah. <laughs> a somewhat <laughs> a somewhat realistic approach to a ghost story. Such a weird modern twist. Haley and I Haley had never seen those movies. We watched it the other night. Um, pretty affecting. The to whole be series is intriguing. Yeah. yeah. The first the first, the first one. Super works. It super duper works. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I can't speak to where the series goes right. post the first one, but it was a very clever conceit, very well done, and it gives you those real world scares. You never really see anything, and that's yeah. kind of the scariest part of it. Is it's just that looming dread throughout the entire movie. Yeah. Uh, so Ooh. Jay. All right. Um, my number two is uh, is just a favorite oh, of number mine. One. Favorite ghost story. Oh man, my number two. Sorry, I need number one. <laughs> you already have my number. Two. My number. T- my number one. My number one 
It's one of my favorite movies of all time, but favorite ghost stories is The Shining. Oh, sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah, my number one is uh, Jack Torrance. I, I am, I mean, Q and the listeners know I'm a huge Stephen King fan. And even I can, like, I love the book for what it is. But man, Kubrick in the Overlook Hotel, it is one, it is some, is one that scares me to this day. And I've seen it dozens of times. Um, the acting is phenomenal. The, the pacing, the cinematography, everything about it. And even when you start to get into the, the mysticism of like the room, you know, the theories of what's happening in the movie and the way he filmed it and all, it's just, there's layers upon layers of enjoyment to The Shining. And so, yeah, when it comes to ghost stories, I think that's the cream of the crop. I love it. Solid choices all the way around. Uh, my number one is none of those. Uh, my number one is the ghost with the most. My number one is Beetlejuice. This movie means so much to me on so many different levels. John, you wouldn't know this, but uh, my yeah. wife and I last year got married on Halloween. We are also big Halloween fans. We got married on Halloween at the Alamo Draft House where I hosted a screening of Beetlejuice. And we got married in front of an audience of 250 unsuspecting wedding guests. Uh, it was it was awesome. Uh, so Beetlejuice definitely on a very personal level ranks very, very high. It's a cleverly written movie. It's very it's killer performances. Set design, costume design is out of this world, literally. Um, it's it's just an awesome movie top to bottom. Uh, so that's why it made my number one now. I'm so excited because this is the best part. This is where we get to just murder viciously. How our, do we even do this? List. Well, I think for sure Baba Duke needs to be on the list. No matter what, yeah. it's got to happen. That was a solid choice, and I didn't even think about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm sad that it wasn't on my, my list. So uh, uh, right now I'm going to put it as a placeholder at number four, and we'll go from there. All right, John, are there, are there any that you liked on our lists that you think deserve a place on, on the master list? I, I think the frighteners. Yeah, yeah. Can I'll that put be that a at solid number five. Number five. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we both five. shared that. Okay. And, and I think the orphanage. Mm, orphanage. I I like that I one. So. Uh, let me see. Yeah. All right. Let me see. Oh, now I've got to put out there, Q. Both you and me have shared the sixth sense. Yes. Around number three ish. So yeah, I would I say. Feel like I feel like it sh should be on there just by like majority rules, I guess. Uh, yeah, I would what think so. That it's not really up. a majority rules; it's like halfsies. But what if, <laughs> what if we scooched everything up and had Baba Duke at three, Frighteners at four, and then Six Sense at five? Yeah, okay, I'd be that. fine with that. Okay. And then we've got to put Ghostbusters on there for sure. It was shared. Yeah, uh, three weight. So three weight tie. Yeah, that was, I mean, that's probably, uh, that's probably two. And I have no Since idea what all... to put as number one. I, yeah, I don't know. Just all of them. All of our was. Yeah, like maybe, maybe just, tie. we just do a, a four way number one. Yeah. Well, The Shining, the, uh, the Shining, um, Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. Juice. Mia, what, what was yours? Mia? Mine was Paranormal Activity, but it doesn't That's have to be right. on the list. <laughs> it doesn't have to be up there at number one. No, we want it. That. <laughs> no, no, that's the way we're doing this. 
Okay, okay. Because this is a this Halloween a, special. Yeah, it's a freaky episode. Who knows what's going to happen? You're right, you're right. Well, how about, how about this? Since, uh, since the Babadook is sharing the number one spot, how about we replace number three with uh, Poltergeist, since that was yes. also shared? Yes. yes. Okay. I'm with that. All right. All right. So that means we have it, right? Mm-hmm. All right, I think give so. Us, uh, all right, listeners. Back to us. This is your definitive top five colon the podcast ghost movie list. Mia. <laughs> <clears throat> At number five, we have The Sixth Sense. At number four, we have The Frighteners. At number three, we have Poltergeist. At number two, yes. we have Ghostbusters. Sweet. And at number ones, we have Paranormal Activity, The Shining, The Babadook, and Beetlejuice. I love it. And here, I, I think it's amazing. The rule is uh, we would normally suggest you go watch all of these movies, and we still do. But we also insist that when you get to the number one pick, you watch all four movies simultaneously. Four TVs. Yes. Like, yes. You like sync that. them up. What people don't know, and you shouldn't fact check, is that they all sync up perfectly. That is the weird yeah. twist of this episode, the giant reveal. Uh, yeah. This has been an amazing, spooktacular, if you will. Uh, oh, yeah. This officially is the capper to our uh, Spooktoberween-tacular, which is what we call the <laughs> month of October here at High Five the Podcast and how we celebrate <laughs> it. Uh, we've had the amazing addition of Mia to the cast. We're so excited to have Welcome you. Welcome to the we family. Can't, we can't wait for people to continue to hear your lists. Uh, we will pull back the curtain a little bit. We've already recorded a bunch of episodes, guys, and her lists are They're really good. great. Thanks. Uh, so <laughs> And John, we can't thank you enough for joining us. This yes, has been a thank real you. This pleasure. has been a blast. Yes, love it. Love it's been it. wonderful. And love like it. I said, hopefully it's a little bit different than the normal press junkets that right. you do. Yes, definitely. <laughs> and and like we said, if you uh, if you ever need us in the future, we're really great at at being us. But also, if Marianne's not available, we will also come and check out if your house has ghosts. So you just let us yeah. know. We're not trained yeah. or anything, but we'll, we'll like look around me, and see. And Do what? I'll bring Sage with me. Perfect. There you go. Mia will and bring Sage. I am, and I am awesome at dying on screen. Ah, right. So. Put that out there. Put that out. <laughs> uh, all, you need, all you need in your resume, really. Everybody, exactly. everybody that's listening to the show obviously knows how to find us. John, where can they find more of you? Uh, I am on Twitter at uh, J Thomas Gray, G R A Y. Awesome. Go check him out. Awesome. Tweet at him. Tell him how much you loved hearing him on the podcast. Maybe he'll come back and join us again at another time. And uh, as always, everybody have a very safe and happy Halloween. We appreciate you listening. Go check out Project Hyphen Nerd for all your nerdy goodness that is happening around the world. Check out their podcast network. Uh, if you like what we do here on High Five the Podcast, you will be excited to know that Jay and I have our fingers in the podcast workings at Project Nerd. Yeah, we do. So 
So good, cool things happening there. Uh, you can also find us on social media, on Twitter at hi, the number five, the podcast. On Instagram at high five, the podcast, all letters, no numbers. And on uh, Facebook at high five, the podcast. Jay, we're also on Letterboxd. We are high five, the podcast. You can find us there. Um, and, and don't uh, forget to subscribe to the page. individually. And don't forget to subscribe to the Patreon. Come, give yes! us all of your monies. Tears start at $3. Literally, $3 may not be much to you, but it means a ton to us. So give us all of your monies and help us keep making these podcasts and giving you the free funny all the time. Uh, everybody, thank you so much. John, thank you. Mia, welcome yes. to the family. Thank Joey, you. you're fine. And uh, everybody yeah, else, we'll it. see you next week. We have reached the end of another High Five, the podcast episode. It's time to lock up the writer's room and rest comfortably, knowing we knocked out another great list of things you should be watching. If the guys didn't mention your favorites this week in their lists, you can harass them by emailing them at myfive at highfivethepodcast.com. That's M-Y-F-I-V-E at H-I-G-H-F-I-V-E T-H-E-P-O-D-C-A-S-T dot com. <sighs> Got that? Or connecting with them on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash high five the podcast. On Twitter at high the number five the podcast. Instagram at high five the podcast. Or on Letterboxd by searching high five colon the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever else you listen to podcasts and drop the show a five-star rating to show us some love. What's the worst that could happen? The ghosts that were hidden in this recording possessing your house? Maybe. See you next week. And that's a wrap, everybody. Cut, Casper. That's a wrap. Cut, printed. What happens in the next reel? Cut. Okay, that's a print. Okay, cut. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, people. Now let's get the hell out of here.